Hello and welcome to the world's shortest ever podcast where we're going to try and preview the Aston Villa game and review two weeks of doing absolutely nothing because there's been no seriously meaningful football on. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad, mate, yourself? I'm all right. How you doing, Rich? Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Rich, you feel have had a good start to the season, haven't they? Should, should, we be, should we be worried about Planham at this point or does Planham after an international break dish up their momentum and give us a, a good opportunity? Um... I think a bit of both. I think it probably disrupts ours as, as much as it does theirs. Um, before they went into the break, they um, their last home game, they beat Brighton 6-1. Um, obviously, they drew with Wolves away one all before the break. But 6-1 at home to Brighton, that's going to be a little bit worrying for us because we've, we've talked about it before and... I'm a bit dubious down our left back area, um, and you know they've got Matty Cash who is getting really forward and, and creating a lot for Villa and, and being quite dangerous. So I, this is a, this is a tricky one. Um, it's not one I'm looking forward to, um, to be honest. I think it's not a great time to play them for us, but this is where we just keep getting surprised because. We, we sit here and we think, oh, yeah, we've, we're probably going to lose this 2-1. And then out of nowhere, we, we produce a Brighton performance where <clears throat> just everything we touch is gold, you know? So it, no one's come back from international break injured, not that I'm aware of. Um, Bowen got one game out of the two, so he, he's had a, a little bit of a rest. Um, Training looks good. I've seen a lot of training videos from from the um, West Ham sites and that, and they've been working hard. And it looks like they've been working hard on on a lot of running and fitness. Um, so I think there's going to be high energy on, on on Sunday from us, which I think is going to be needed because Villa are going to be very direct and very fast, and they're going to try and exploit us in that in that way. Uh, it's up to us to to get them blocks in to be strong and, and do our classic counter attack. That's how I feel. Hey, we we put a lot of training videos out, as Richard alluded to, showing us uh, with this fast, energetic, fitness-based style. Surely, surely the best thing to do would be to lull them into a full sense of security and just show them all tripping over footballs to a, a clown theme playing in the background. I mean. Some of the videos I see, like they looked, they look like they've been put to work the last couple of weeks. I mean, for the boys that didn't go away on international duty, yeah, they the, the, them training sessions look sharp. They they, they look like they're ready for a test, and Sunday will be arguably our biggest test away from home this season. Because as much as I've seen that we've got a great record against Aston Villa, um, home form is 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 second to none. I've, I don't think they've lost a home game for about 12 games. Um, so it's, 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 it's such a tough ask to go there and pick up saying. Um, going back to the training videos, did any of you see um, Lucas Paqueta in his, uh, in his element, sitting people on the floor, doing his thing as he does? And do you know what I did see as well? It was quite funny to see. You'll never, you'll never see it on the pitch for us, but it was nice to see him get a bit of new training. He, he, uh, he played a one-two with Connor Coventry. And then oh, ended up scoring. To be to be fair though, I mean, like Paquetta probably just kicked it off Coventry's shins. He's got the skill to do it, hasn't he? 
<laughs> I don't. I'll be honest. I don't watch club content. I don't listen to their podcasts. And I don't watch watch their interviews because, by and large, for the most part, it's always the same inane, cliched rubbish. Like I can accurately predict every every interview that any player ever gives because it's always like so. Uh, you know, Jared, you scored the winner in Prague. Was that good? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, best moment of my life. I always dreamed of scoring a winner of the European final. Like we could all see that coming. I don't know. I don't know why the club put it out. I don't know. Well, it's clearly not aimed at middle-aged men. Yeah, Maybe the only thing with like, them interviews, it's it, they seem to me like they they kind of go to the same players all the time for interviews, whether it be post-match, pre-match. They they always talk to like Bowen now more or less all the time. Or you'll see Zuma on the odd occasion. Like you won't see different players. I want to see like different players open up talk talk about the club instead of just the same old faces we know what they think i just want to hear some of like the new boys and that yeah i think ward prowse is doing a bit more media isn't he but the problem is you, you end up with Aguard and alvarez talking it's going to all go through a translator i think they want to try and avoid that so um you can get Cresswell in but he ain't gonna be very happy is he um fabianski he's got a cob on he ain't going to be positive. Um, you know, there's a few players that are now on the outskirts of the first team that, that were eschewing to start. And their noses have been put out of joint a little bit, if you like. So they won't want to do the media stuff. You know, they don't want to, oh, yeah, all happy or dancing. You know, they, they don't want to do it. So it comes down to your Bowens, um, you know, and... Uh, well, you, you don't see Antonio doing the media stuff, but all you see is clips from from his podcast um, saying that he's going to smash five goals in and smash his Rosette. But that's another story. I mean, he says he'll, he'll smash five goals in, but he hasn't specified a time period in which he'll do it. Over the next three years, maybe he's on or something. Five shots on target would be nice. At least, at least we can take heart from the fact that if they've been being, being put through their paces and their they're you know, deeply engaged in long fitness sections that Ward Prowse isn't going to look like Calvin Phillips on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, he's had a he's had a couple of Mars bars, hasn't he? Uh, let's let's talk about England. This this because we've we've got a podcast to fill, and we can always come back to them in a game. I thought Friday night the two best players on the pitch were Bowen and Watkins for me. Neither of whom then played in a game that actually meant something, which was was strange. I, I, I feel sorry for Bowen though, in a way, because he kind of he kind of looked like the new boy that that they didn't want. If you like, it, it, every time they got the ball, you, you could see he was in space. He was clearly instructed to stay wide because we we see it week in week out. He likes to come inside, and when the when the ball is on the left hand side of the pitch, he he likes to come in. He likes to sit in and, and go out wide. He was hugging that touchline and he was sat out there and he sat and he was waiting and waiting. And the ball just kept going left. Yeah. You know, the, the ball, the quick ball release was to Bowen. It was to his feet. He could take on the defender. They just kept ignoring him. It, it felt like they were ignoring him. It, it got to a point where I was, you know, I was just like, what is he? What has he done wrong? What's he said in in the training camp to not get past? Because it, they just it just felt like he was being ignored. But when he did get the ball, he was sharp and direct, and he was having a go. And 
that's what Southgate needs. He needs, you know, it's like the he's probably playing the this Raheem Sterling role as such. Just get the ball to his feet and let him go direct. Let him have a go. And I think that's what Bowen's fit will be in that team. Um, he's obviously not going to get ahead of Saka at the moment, uh, but he's definitely a good backup to him and, and can do the job. But he just needs, he just needs a bit more of the ball, which he just didn't get for me. This is what I said. I, I watched the majority of that game in frustration because it was almost like, do you know when you're at school and you're in the school football team and you've got one kid you just really don't want on your team and you just stick him out on the wing just to stay there and not move? That's what it felt like. It, it was just like, the, yeah, it was like he didn't want him there. Like he was, he was in space so many times. And as Richie, as you've just said, he gets the ball on, on the flank and he likes to come inside of it. Every time I see him get the ball when he did, he actually didn't come inside. He went at the defender and crossed it with his right foot a few times instead of cutting in. He went um, towards the byline instead. So obviously that was an instruction given to him because that ain't... Well, he does do it for us, but I wouldn't say he does it more more often than not. He, he, he usually likes to come inside. But um, yeah, I was I was quite frustrated. I thought he'd done, done, himself, done himself proud. He'd done a, he had a few opportunities... Got on the ball a bit, was direct, quick, pacey, as we all know he is for West Ham. But, you know, overall, I was, I was quite frustrated with uh, how he got treated. Dave, you were there, weren't you? I was there, yeah. I was there. Uh, you could see it in, in the flesh that the ball, that there was a lot, as Richard alluded to, being aimed towards Grealish. And Grealish played well. I'm not I'm not criticising Grealish at all. He's, he's a phenomenal footballer. But we, we didn't try and bring Bowen into the game. Um, but, but when he did get the ball and he was able to run a players. He didn't look out of his depth. He looked like a real a real quality international footballer. Uh, and for whatever reason, he and, and I suspect you're probably right there, he probably is the whole new kid on the block thing. He he didn't get it. Because I don't believe for a second if Bukayo Saka's playing out there that they don't play those balls to Bukayo Saka. No, hundred percent. Well I go back to your point. You know, I, I didn't have kittens about anyone having the ball that I wanted to go and play on the wing. I was a goalkeeper. If my centre-half's got the ball, then I started having kittens. Especially the teams I played in. They needed those boys to put it 30 yards up the field. Different era of football, though, wasn't it, Richie? Different era of football when uh, goalkeepers' primary jobs weren't to be Michael Carrick-style centre midfielders, but was to keep the round white thing out of the rectangular netty thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is a different ball game, mate, completely. Um yeah, I'm quite happy to take. I'm quite happy as a centre half to take the ball off a keeper. Um, but you go back a few years ago, you, you're just saying kick it long, mate. Um, and I've got to be honest, I, I got caught out doing that on um, Monday night. I played a, a game for England fans, the Australia fans, and I said to the keeper, "Go long," and someone went, woo, 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 woo. "It's like." I just didn't want it. <laughs> I just really didn't want it on that occasion, to be fair. Right, just go long. But the simple ball was to my feet. It's just I didn't want to kick it long. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. No, as a keeper, as a kid, I was always told you get it as high as possible and as far as possible. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, It's not the game now, mate. Pep, Pep has decided that you know the, the Premier League teams all have to play in a certain way. You know, they're, all, they're all trying to copy his mantle with this parsey parsey around the back and and it's good if you've got the players to do it but we've seen teams come up short where they can't trap a bag of cement and 
you know, they find themselves 1-0 down very quickly. Like, for example, when you play uh, John Stones and Harry Maguire, who, between them, have got as many Premier League minutes as us three, and then suddenly can't turn quick enough to stop Italy's number nine. It might be a good signing for West Ham one day, getting in and uh, smashing one top corner. Got in some good positions, didn't he? I think we yeah. need someone like that. Well, then well, I thought, yeah, I think we could do with a striker like that. Would you, would you we'll go for him in the summer? Yeah, we'll probably yeah, overpay for him, overpay the price and probably sell him after a few months for a cut-down fee because he wants to go home. Maybe we could do a deal. We could just sort of ring him up and be like, oh, we sent we sent you the wrong one. We we forgot you wanted Danny Ings. <laughs> Danny Ingsio, actually. <laughs> Danny Ingsagi. Oh, that that is obviously. I think I think if he scores on uh, on the weekend, we'll we'll start calling that nickname for him. Daddy and Zagi, that's his new name. That's it. Over <laughs> to you, Ingsy. Got a score, boy. <laughs> but the other player I thought played well, just, just to go back to your show, was, was as I said, Ollie Watkins. He's he's going to pose a threat on on the Sunday. I was I was trying to work out how, how do you combat him? How do you, what's the best way? Because I, the one thing I don't want to see is Diaby getting inside Emerson um, and. You know that John McGinn's going to make late runs into the box. Do we? Do we tell? Suchek probably will play through the middle. Suchek to track McGinn. Do we get Alvarez to man Mark Watkins? Do we go with three centre halves? I think Alvarez has got to stick with him, and not not move from him. That's what I would do anyway. I'd tell Alvarez just not move from him. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like us to to play three centre halves against him because he's just going to keep losing between the two we, we've seen it all season between the two Zuma and Aguard <clears throat> players are just getting in behind and getting in the gaps between them that that communication it just isn't 100 percent at the moment um uh, and they're just not either spotting it or communicating it properly uh, and Watkins is is quite a, a savvy number nine and he will just get into them gaps and he'll have space because again gonna repeat myself but if they attack us down our, our left back area where there's so much space we haven't been picking up around the edge of the area um you know and, and 10 yards out from that we're allowing opposing teams to have the ball in that space in that area without closing them down quickly enough <clears throat> that they'll they'll exploit it villa will exploit it because they're, they're clever like that and and they will just play out quickly and, and they'll just knock it out and watkins will you know he'll score he'll, he'll score goals he, he's proven himself to be a very very good premier league striker um and a lot of clubs will want him soon and, and he's you know he homegrown talent as well that he fits into so i think villa will have a job keeping hold of him uh in the in the not too distant future um but yeah I, it does worry me if if we play the flat back four um because uh, again, getting down the left-hand side. Yeah, you can play Emerson as a wing-back, but he'll have, he'll have cover. He will have cover of someone behind him as a centre-half. He'll have cover someone to the side of him, being it probably be Alvarez, to be fair. So we can double up in them areas to make it a bit tighter. But we haven't played that system all season, so I think we'll probably end up going with what we've done against Newcastle and Sheffield United. I think it'll be the same team. I tell you what, I will think will be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Bell is is the one that's going to take place in the fullback area between Sue Fowl. Um, presumably, I think Luke Dean's been starting for Villa at left back this season because they're both very attacking, like attack minded fullbacks. They're both 
Sue Fowles producing assists for fun this year and Dean's a quality cross. I mean, I've got Lucas Dean's stats to hand. But if Dean doesn't start, they've got that Moreno, who I thought was superb when I played at the Olympic Stadium or London Stadium um, last season. Uh, how do you see that one going, Rich? Yeah, totally agree. I think it'll be Dean. Um, I think it'll be him. He's He loves to attack. He loves to get forward. He, he can he can shoot as well from, from around the edge of the box and he can get the crosses in and that's what I mean. If we don't get done down the right, there's a good chance down the left. Sue Fowl, yeah, to be fair, he, he's probably the same type of player though. He, he likes to get forward and he, he can get back. But I think, again, if you've got that three centre-back system with the two in front, <clears throat> you can give the freedom to Sue Fowl and Emerson to actually push on but then it's you're probably you've got to drop someone to get the extra center half in so who do you drop you know this is the thing if we go with three at the back and three yeah if we go with three center half you've got to sacrifice a midfielder you sacrifice Suchek I think you, you, in that situation I would go I would, I would have the third center half of carer because I think he's he's a little bit more mobile and to be honest I've not been Overly impressed with Mavropanos from what I've seen of him. Uh, and I think you then have a four of Sufal and at the wing back. Ward Prowse, you're going to need for his, his set piece deliveries. And uh, Alvarez, you're going to need for his defensive qualities. And then that gives you a front three of Bowen, Piquet, and Kudos, dare I say. Uh, who are going to, you know, three very direct runners who are going to be exceptionally difficult to play against on the, on the counter. And if you're Conza, Torres, Means you're not going to be dealing with those three coming at you. Yeah, I think. Would, would you guys not agree that Kudus has to start now off the back of his couple of uh, performances? I thought he he was superb against um, Sheffield, and he was brilliant against uh, Newcastle as well. I think he deserves a start now. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he does. I think you can just see what he does. He can get the ball. He can bring people in. And um, yeah, I, I'd I'd. Um, I'd, I'd probably drop Antonio. Yeah, I would. I'd um, play him up front. And you just have a you. You can have the attacking three that we've had. Um, yeah, I, it's a call. I, I suppose you could look at so Zuma, Aguirre, and Kara, um, Emerson, Soufal, Alvarez, Ward, Prowse, uh, and then you could have a three of Paqueta. Kudus and Bowen as a three, so no actual number nine. Mm. And you could probably have Paquetta on the left, Kudus in the middle, Bowen on the right, but they could all interchange. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. And I think that would be, you know, like I say, I think I think Villa will will be coming at us quite a bit. And I don't, although that game suits Antonio a little bit, I just don't think he's going to have the time to hold the ball up to bring the others in so if we can pass if we can do the quick passing between the lines and you've got the quality of them three up top i think you'll still get at them um because you'll have you know you'll get your runners outside you know emerson and Sufal, you can get them involved but you you can also drift across you can drift the three across and you know you'll be fighting the second balls probably a bit better than when antonio loses it we don't kind of we can't fight that second ball as quickly in in their defensive areas but i think you could if you play that 
three centre back system with the three up top. Uh, I think, but you, you, you're trying it against Villa away, and that's probably not the right time to do it. Although it sounds good, it's probably not. It's not a moist things that he'll go. Do you know what? Let's spring a surprise. Let's go with what we know. I wouldn't feel confident going with a back four for all the reasons we spoke about. Um, and the other thing as well, just to go back, is that we spoke about the, the team we play, but that also leaves Antonio and Suchet to come off the bench. So you do have two players there against tired legs. Suchek is going to make runs into the box and he's going to get in dangerous positions. And Antonio is going to be able to work. He's not working for the 45 minutes where he's running himself into the ground. We're asking him to run for 20 minutes against tired legs and just to just to really force that intensity into a shorter burst, which, which will probably benefit him. Antonio probably would now be better off as an impact sub. I think he would. Yeah, 100% agree. I think Kudus is your man that's got the energy for, for 60, 70 minutes to, to just keep going at people and just run at people. And, and Antonio is probably now at the age where he would be so much better as an impact sub rather than leading the line. He's been away on international duty as well. Um, you know, I don't know how it's going to affect him with the flights and stuff like that um, and jet lag and whatever else. Um, but yeah, I think it's not a... But this is the problem because because we have suffered with number nines and Antonio's been there so long, he, he's kind of knocked on Moyes' door and gone... I want to be number nine. Don't want to be a winger. Don't want to be a right back. I want to be number nine. And I want the number nine shirt. And you couldn't really argue with him at the time because he was the only one who could be the number nine as uh, as a given, really, because everyone else was failing at it and, and they'd been at a club for so long and he, you know, and he, he has been scoring goals. He's not a natural number nine, but you have to kind of say to him, Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, probably make you right. Yeah, let's let's do it, let's give it a go. And it's now he has to start as a number nine. That's a problem Moyes has got. It's like, oh, I can't really drop him now. Uh, it is a squad game. It is. We, I feel that we have got an unbelievable squad of where they're all working together. They're all in it together. Um, so I'd like to think if that conversation came about, Antonio would be one of them that go, yeah, do you know what? You're probably right. I'll I'll be all right as a sub, you know, and I can do some damage when I come on. It depends all how you handle it, of course, uh, and the conversation you have around it. I'd like to hope he is the type of person that would go, yeah, that would be better for me, and I'll probably score more goals. But then is there that arrogance, like I've just said, of the number nine, and I want to be the number nine, and I have to lead the line? Is that arrogance of him that, that kind of throws his toys out the pram a little bit? Yeah, that's that's why I say I, I don't think his ego could handle it, Billy. No, I don't think so either. I mean, we all know how much of a a, a talker he is. He's got a, he he makes his uh he makes his feelings felt online on his podcast in interviews. Like he's he's a big character, Antonio, and he's he's a respected character. He's been with us a long, long while now. He's he's played positions when we've needed him to. Like the guys played at right back because we needed him at one point. He's played off the wing. He's obviously been turned into a number nine. And yeah, I do agree in in a lot of what um, you guys have just said. In the way of, I do think his ego is, I think his ego is a bit too big for him to be told, "No, nah, this ain't gonna happen no more." Um, I think he, he he does deserve 
like like I said, because the service he's given us, and listen, he's he's not our all time Premier League top goal scorer for nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like he's been he's been a respected player for us, but deep down he's not a number nine, and he's not a goal scorer, an out and out goal scorer like an Ollie Watkins, a natural striker. He does a striker's job, but he's not a natural striker. So I think, and I think he he's owed it to himself to to try it, and it has worked. He's he's been decent for us up front over the years, but. Yeah, I think it's time for him to make way now because you cannot, I don't care what anyone says, you cannot ignore a front three of Paquetta, Kudus and Bowen. That is just, with with them interchanging, because how many times have we seen Paquetta go into the false nine this season? How many times have we seen Bowen drift inside this season? You've then got three players in that front three that can play in any of them positions up front. Kudus can come off the left, go on the right, Bowen could go up top. It, it caused teams a lot, a lot of problems. And I don't know if you guys remember, we've done that when, I won't mention his name, but a certain someone joined us on loan um, during COVID times and he played as a false nine and we interchanged with him, Antonio and Bowen. So I think, yeah, it, it could be quite uh, quite exciting to see them three line up together up front. It is, it is a defender's nightmare, not going to lie. It, it's horrible because you get used to picking one up and when they keep interchanging, you're having to speak to him and you say, right, pick him up, watch him. And then when the one comes through the middle, because he nips in behind the midfielders and you're like, I can't go to him. I'm trying, you try to be standoffish and you just get, you get the run around and you just get tired and you just get, you just, you don't get lazy, but you just kind of, your mind starts to drift and how long can I keep doing this for? You're just constantly, constantly talking about players and where they're going and the movement. And it, it wears you down, and, and that's what them three will do to you. Them three will wear you down, and like you say, bring Antonio on, um, you know, and he'll, he'll pick up them gaps with that pace, uh, and he is very direct. Uh, but on the on the other hand, we 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 say that you know we want it to improve, and, and you know we're trying to make better things for, for the team and the club. All West Ham fans have always wanted and the, and the mantle that we we preach is just try your best when you got the shirt on and that's all we ask for I, I feel we're getting to a stage now where we're actually starting to demand a little bit more and it's a good place to be in that you know we're having these conversations but we we find that and i i certainly find that there's a lot of fans kind of up in their expectations of us as a club and where we should be and and we should be challenging for top five and top four it's like well oh, hang on a minute just maybe i'm just too old school it's like let's just enjoy the ride i'm expecting a premier league title challenge we was top after we beat luton and it's been backwards ever since <laughs> well tottenham are gonna bottle it aren't they because they haven't played anyone decent yet well they think they're gonna win the league they're asking for a bit more respect from people because last year Everyone said about Arsenal doing it because they was top, and now Spurs are top. They're, they're demanding respect off of people, and to the people to stop telling them they're going to bottle it. Yeah, right. It does feel a bit more open the Premier League this year because I know City have got Haaland, but I don't. I don't mean they're built to handle injuries. That squad looks incredibly light when it comes to that. Arsenal are probably there. I say Arsenal are probably the best equipped to win the league. Liverpool are in a good position to challenge. Beyond that, it just, I don't know, it feels like maybe Newcastle will get full. Man United and Chelsea seem to have fallen away. Villa, Villa are probably in a good position to, to capitalise and to try and get, if if fifth place with this whole 
crap show that is the Champions League from next year and we get an extra spot. Villa, Villa might be in a good position to nick fifth. There's no reason other than we should be challenging the European places, but we've got to sort out, I think, some of this fragility, especially defensively, and giving away too many cheap goals. Yeah, Tottenham don't have Europe. That's a big thing for them. You know, they get they get rest. They get recovery. You know, a player gets a knock. They've got that extra couple of days to recover. You know, they don't have the travel. They don't have the change of training. You, you know, the different intensities for Champions League and Premier League and, and Europa League, whatever. Um, it, it's different games and it, it, it affects your players. Um, your intensities and your travel do. Um, so Tottenham have got that in their favour. Can they carry on? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too sure. But like you say, Dave, Arsenal do look pretty solid. But then they looked pretty solid last season, and they got carried away. Got carried away with the hype and fell away. And and you see it with a lot of teams. They're not the first team in the Premier League to do that. To be leading and leading, and then the pressure gets to them. And it, it it's how they handle the pressure. And that's why your City are good at handling pressure. Um, Liverpool, I think that's going to depend on what happens in the transfer window with Salah. I think, um, I think that's their big, their big thing. Salah, United, they're falling away. Chelsea, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, I think Liverpool's a team to watch. I, I really do. I think Liverpool's a, I think Liverpool's a dark horse to to win the league this year. I mean, Spurs can't really say much, can they? I mean, they literally, like you've just said, Rich, about teams falling off. It was the best chance to ever win a Premier League eight years ago and they ended up coming third. The two-horse race. Yep. A lot of time, they haven't played anyone, they've not played anyone decent yet, have they? Uh, did you, and they played, they played Arsenal and Liverpool. That was two draws, wasn't it? Uh, no, they beat Liverpool. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll say, we'll say it's two draws. Well, they've got to play the replay, haven't they, against Liverpool because... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> To well, be I'll fair, like someone I heard I heard someone say about us the other day, right? This is the thing that annoys me. Everyone's saying that like we're not gonna sustain it, this, that, and the other. Everyone like rubs up bright and everyone rubs up Newcastle, everyone rubs up Latin bit of like, what about us? Like we we deserve more respect than what we get. Like three years in a row in Europe, trophy last year, a sixth and seventh place finish. We're we're having a great start to the season this season. Why is no one backing us to finish fifth, sixth? Seventh again. I, I think we're too too fragile defensively, and I think we concede too many cheap goals. I think that'll be our undoing. I genuinely think the the inability to you know we I think we scored in every game this season from memory. Like I don't think a team's kept a clean sheet against us. Mm. So either. you know we're we're scoring goals, but I mean how many clean sheets have we kept this season? Nothing scored against us. I think Sheffield United was the only one. Yeah. So and that's. That's going to be our downfall, I think. Yeah. But to be could fair, you, could you not see? Could you not see us then at least getting? Because I see a thing about um, because of all this revamped thing. Apparently, eighth gets conferency. I could see us getting that. If you're looking at uh, um, teams, eighth, eighth is a realistic aim. I think. I think. I think that depends because the um, league cup winners get conference league. So yeah, it all depends on the league cup winners. Yeah, yeah. So if it's if it's like the tops, let's say say Man City won. League Cup, FA Cup, and finishing top four, then the conference space will go down. I think there's an option for fifth to become Champions League. Champions League, yeah. Go <clears throat> as they are. Um, yeah, 
I've just gone through Tottenham's results. Um, Brentford, two all away. They beat Man U at home. They beat Bournemouth away. They beat Burnley away. They beat Sheffield United at home. You know, the only team they've played in there is Man U, who are just in freefall. They drew with Arsenal away. They beat um, Liverpool, obviously, controversially, with them having two sent off uh, and a goal that wasn't offside. Uh, and then they laboured a 1 0 win at Luton <clears throat> with a man sent off. It's not setting the world alight, is it? I know they're sitting up there pretty top of the league, but they've not been tested, I would, I would suggest. Would you say their fixtures is easier than our set? Oh, 100%. Yeah. We, we've, 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 had, we've had Brighton away. We've had Chelsea. City at home, Chelsea at home. Yeah, we've had Newcastle, we've had Chelsea, yeah. we've had Liverpool, oh. we've had Man City. Yeah, <laughs> we've had it. The only the only teams we right played are Spurs and and then we've got Villa on Sunday. So after, what? How many games are we in that? Nine, seven, aren't we? Eight, nine, eight, and we've played eight, like so. Eight. So this will be our ninth game, and out of them nine, we're we're looking at what five of the five of last season's top six, other than Chelsea. That is yeah. that's that's a tough set of fixtures, and I think where we are at the minute, we've done so well. We've done so well with them fixtures. Like we've got two losses to our name. And they're against Man City and Liverpool. You can't complain. Definitely not. No, no I agree. No, I agree. Uh, all right, should we, should we finish this up? Yeah, this has turned, lost... turned into the longest podcast, hasn't it? I know. We've done well here. We've got nearly 40 minutes out. Well, saying that, by the time we've edited it, it'll probably be a half hour, which will be a good length. Uh, I'll ask you, I'll ask you the two score predictions. Assuming we go with a full back four that we've lined up all season with, and then assuming we go with a back three and, and line up with a bit more defensive solidity. How do you see the game's going? What are your score predictions, given any of those two hypotheses? If we play as we have been and set up as we have been, I think it's 2-1 to them. I think if we change it and, and do the three at the back formation, I think we can I think we can keep it to one all. Um, potentially might get an extra goal on the break, depending on, on how he does his subs. Uh, it's going to all. It's all going to be in-game changes that would will change the result. I don't think the starting setups, if you like, will determine the outcome of the game. I think it will be a good battle. I think it's going to come down to the personnel, the subs made, and the timings of them. Go on, Billy. I think. I think to be fair, I think it's it's flip side to what you've just said. I think if we go free at the back. I mean, I think we'll concede less, but I could, I could still see them win, win like one 0 if we go with like a three at the back system, because I think we'll have less going forward. Um, if we play the way we have done, same formation, same team, same tactics, I could, I could see us getting a draw. I could see it being a, a decent game. To be fair, very open game. I could see it probably. I'll go two two if we played away and played the team that we've we've been playing. Like, yeah, I'll go two two. You know what? I'm going to go, I think if we play with a back four, we're going to be far too susceptible against Watkins. And I think we'll get battered. 4-5-1. I think if we go three at the back, we can cause havoc on the counter. And I think we'll, we'll get a 3-4-1 win. Oh, big call. Cool. Dave so. makes big, big predictions. I hope so. Well, I hope, right, based on your <laughs> prediction, I hope he goes with a three at the back now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um, some big balls there, Dave. I, I, well, we're, we're bound to concede and Watkins is bound to score. And we're bound to get something from somewhere, so it's just the rest of the game, isn't it? Yeah. So I think you can you've I mean, got... you put your house on both teams scoring. Yeah. I think I can see 
both 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 teams scoring. I can't see a clean sheet in this one. Both teams to score. Alvarez yellow card. Watkins goal. Will Prowse assist. Will Prowse assist in this association. We're not, we're not encouraging gambling, but we are no. trying to make you rich. I was going to say betting tips on there as well now. <laughs> in association, yeah, we all tip. good betting shops and, all, and any bad ones. <laughs> yeah, my, my betting tip is don't bet because it's only ever one winner. And it's never the punter. No. Right, well, thank you very much, Rishi. Cheers, Dave. Thank you, Billy. Cheers, Dave. This has been a longer episode of Hammers Pod than any of us expected. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.